the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. I'm Michael Fields. Uh, Today we are joined by Matt Morrow, the Fox 31 Denver anchor, host of the political show Point of View, and an amateur pickleball player. Uh, So welcome, Matt. Very amateur. Very amateur. (laughs) It's quite amateur. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So so for once, I get to ask you questions instead of vice versa. So I think I'm going to enjoy this a little bit. But This is odd for me. I I thought about this earlier, (laughs) and I'm like, this is payback time for him. Uh, Yeah, we'll see if I use it or not. But uh, I think the first thing I want to ask you about was just how you got interested in covering politics. Was it something you always liked or was it something that kind of developed later on in time? You know, I've always been interested in news um, since I was a kid. And as I got older and out of college and more into the world, just realized how important it is, uh, especially at the local and the state level, to see like this is how our lives are governed, you know, what our rules are, what our laws are, taxes, et cetera. And it was really in Phoenix, maybe about six years ago, uh, I had a chance to cover John McCain's last campaign and got to meet him and be involved with uh, Jeff Blake, the other senator at the time, and the governor, Doug Ducey. And that kind of really got me interested in following politics and paying much more attention to it instead of just reading an article in the newspaper here or there, And then that carried over to Denver and then got the opportunity to hear with the show and with the state and local politics and even a little bit of national. So it's just kind of developed. And I just I really enjoy reading about it and seeing how it all works behind the scenes and what the thoughts are and how they go about making stuff happen. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, the show, the point of view show. It's the only weekly political show in in the state uh, on any of the, the main channels. Um, and I'm a little biased because, you know, Andy Boyan and I are, are regulars on it. But what's the overall structure of the show? You know, what does the show cover? Can you give our, our listeners a little bit uh, of info on, on what it looks like? Absolutely. I mean, first, just so glad that you and Andy are a part of it um, each and every week and some of the other segments we do. You add so much to it and insight and a little bit of humor and some <laughs> some good times. Uh, every once in a while, some sports predictions, too. Again, Which I'm normally right. Well. I, yeah, <laughs> the Rockies are already in last place. So I'm gonna... <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> you could bet the kids college fund on that one. Yeah. Um, so the show is it's a weekly show. We start working on it usually Monday ish. Um, we tape it on Thursday. It's not ideal, I'll admit, but it's just a, a fact of how things work and timing and scheduling and all sorts of stuff. And also because it goes out to other stations all around the state, four stations in total. And so we look at like, who's the big, like, what's the big interview? What's the big get that is going on in the news this week? Um, not just someone who can talk and offer some perspective. That's easy. But we want someone who has a say in things and who will say things that will make news and who will break news. And so usually it's it's one main interview that goes for about 10 minutes. 
And then there are oftentimes are you and Andy, a segment of analyzing whatever's going on. Could be at the local level, state level. We do a lot of national stuff as well. Um, it's always presidential politics season, right? Yeah. And then we have a reporter, Gabrielle Franklin, who often does a story uh, this time of year. It's at the Capitol. And that's kind of the, the last segment. And so it's about a half hour, so 22 minutes or so of on TV time. And we do it as most as best we can live to tape, which means we do it as is. There's very little editing that goes on. We try not to do that. And so what you what we do is what you get and what we see on TV. And then it goes online as well. So I'm curious, uh, you know, I see the interviews all the time, but how do you prepare, you know, say the governor's coming in or some other elected officials coming in? How do you prepare for those interviews going into them? Because um, I think you're somebody who's, who's very well prepared uh, on what's going on. But what does that look like? Uh, you're kind. It's a lot of reading. Um, just try to read a lot. There are some very good digital publications in the state, The Sun, Colorado Politics, CPR, some of the other TV stations, The Post, etc. And just read a lot, watch and listen to other interviews that people have done and think about you know, what's going on right now that they should be talking about or they should be asked about and try to do that. And it's also with more with some people more than others, this idea of, OK, how are you going to respond and then try to know that ahead of time, just knowing the person or knowing what he or she has said before and then being able to refute that or come back with something different um, and then just being ever present in the interview to actually listen and in that moment be able respond. to respond. Sometimes it works better than others. Uh, you live and learn. Yeah. I And you have a reputation, you know, being respected from both sides of the aisle that you're fair, but ask tough questions. I guess, how do you see that balance or how do you interact, you know, in a, in a world right now when there's a lot of skepticism on, on the media, et cetera, how do you keep that balance between being tough on people, but being fair? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that if anyone's going to say something about me or the show, that's, in my mind, that is the best thing they can say is that we're fair. Like, I love to hear that. Um, I think it's going, it's approaching it from not a place of whatever my opinion on something may be, or even whatever the public opinion may be, but just asking a question. I'm all about letting people respond. Their opinion is their opinion. If they misstate facts, then that's when you try to respond and call them out. But it's not for me to say whether someone's opinion is right or wrong or good or bad or whether I agree with it or not. Um, and so just try to do the same for everybody. Again, like you said, ask tough questions, ask some lighter questions too, and let them respond and not favor one side more than the other and try to be really cognizant of that and know going in, okay, this is, here are a couple of really good questions that will be asked of this person and try to do that for everybody and try not to give anybody a free pass, so to speak. How do you balance, you know, you talked about covering some national politics versus local. We have, you know, Colorado point of view, which, you know, shows politics from Colorado perspective. How do you, as you're, you know, dealing with what you're going to cover, what questions you're going to ask, et cetera, what topic might be up that day? How do you decide, is this going to be national focus or local focus more, knowing that people have those interests, right? They have, they care about the presidential yeah. race, but they care about the school board. So I guess, how do you balance national versus local? Um, I think one thing we, we try to incorporate the entire state. Sometimes we're better at that than others. Um, it's hard to know exactly what's going on, say Grand Junction, Durango or the Springs. And then it's, it's about what are people talking about and trying to find, say, for the segment with you and Andy Boyan, 
is that let's find maybe one local thing that's being talked about and then one national thing. Um, sometimes I think it's easier to grasp the national because there's so much about it. You turn on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, you read it in the Times or the Wall Street Journal, it's everywhere. And there's a lot to talk about with it. Oftentimes it is all speculation, especially when we talk about 2024 presidential race at this point. But local issues are really important. What's going on, especially at the state level with the bills and the new laws and crime, homelessness, affordability, et cetera. And it's trying to find a way to make those relate to the average people, yet at the same time make them interested. Sometimes there are really important conversations to have that just for one reason or another, become kind of dry. And you want to hold people's attention because if they're not listening or they're not watching, they're not going to learn anything. But at the same time, you also want to, you know, talk about the important issues and sometimes get into some specifics. Um, so it's a delicate balance and we try the best we can and just try to get a little bit of both. And, you know, if there's a week where, say, a former president happens to get indicted <laughs> by a grand jury in Manhattan. Gotta uh, cover it. <laughs> probably has to be talked about, right? I mean, there's just some things that have to be talked about, or sometimes when the current president does certain things, those need to be addressed. And so we'll talk about it. I'm curious, uh, you know, earlier this week, we had races in Denver in uh, Colorado Springs, obviously Denver being a big one, given where the station is, uh, the mayoral race, there's going to be a runoff now. But I guess you know, some stations decided to cover very in-depth, have, you know, interviews with every single candidate, um, cover it kind of daily. Other ones decided to to cover it a lot less. I guess in terms of thought process on how to cover, you know, a race that has 16 people in it, um, you know, when it's obviously relevant to, to people's everyday life. But how do you go about thinking about a race like that, the mayoral race for the 16 candidates? It's difficult. It's really, really hard because... There are some people on the ballot who, as we saw, didn't get a lot of votes. They don't have a lot of name recognition. Um, and there are some people who are very popular, whose name is known, whether inside political circles and to some outside of it as well. And it's trying to figure out how best can we cover this. So I think we tried to cover some of the issues, crime, homelessness um, in the last couple of weeks, school safety turned into a big one, housing affordability. Um, I'm a big fan of not having the media pick winners and losers. Sometimes you'll see stations, websites, print outlets, radio stations, mm -hmm. talk with you know a few of the big name candidates. Well, then you're leaving out, say, if you did that with four of them, you're leaving out 12 others. And I get it that you may not be able to talk with everyone. Time is limited, resources are limited. But to just do those four, say, you're leaving 12 people out who are legitimately on the ballot. They qualified for it. They got the signatures. Many of them are getting public funds from Denver in the new election fund system they have, the matching system. And I just don't think that the media should be doing that. I don't think that sets a good precedent. It's, again, it's not for us to do that. And I think you inadvertently do that if you only put a, a couple of people on. So we went to some of the... Um, I guess, roundtable discussions that they had. And I know there was a homeless one outside in front of the Capitol and just tried to do bigger picture stories with it. I wish we had the time to interview all of them and to put all of them on the website and to say, hey, here you go. Listen, read about who do you like. Um, 
who resonates with you. But unfortunately, sometimes that's just difficult in terms of resources. But I just think it's something you have to be really careful about. Now, going forward, it'll be much easier. You have two candidates for mayor. You have two candidates for a couple of the city council races, which they're very important, too. I know they get overlooked a lot. Um, but it's much easier to cover a race with two people than you can go in depth uh, with both of them. And our goal this week is to get the two leaders who are going to go to the runoff um, on Colorado point of view that airs this weekend. Yeah, I think that would be great. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, too, about some of the feedback that you might get from viewers. I mean, in you know, you doing a political show, being involved in, in politics. What does some of that feedback look like? Does it ever uh, impact how, you know, you or Fox 31 end up covering stuff? Or, you know, has that feedback changed over time? Has it gotten worse or or better? Uh, what is the feedback like? Um, listen, I mean, I'm happy if people watch at the end of the day, <laughs> whether they like it, whether they don't like yeah. it. I think a lot of the feedback, probably not good to read <laughs> out loud. Some of the language is not, um, would not be acceptable in a school or at d- the dinner table. You know, some people get upset with, you know, some of the politicians who come on. You know, because of time, you know, I could get a, let's say in this case, Congressman Jason Crow from Aurora, a Democrat. I could get him on one week and spend 10 minutes with him. But at the same time, there's not a Republican Congress congressional representative coming on too, just for time's sake. Now, the next week, certainly try to do that. In fact, there's always a standing invitation to all of them to come on anytime they'd like. So it's you can't balance everything, every show, but you try to balance it week to week and also with the questions and how the interviews go. I think people do like it. They liked leading up to the 2022 um, election here in the state. We had every single candidate on, some of them multiple times. And it was a good chance to talk for 10 minutes, in some cases, 15 or so, about some of the issues. Um, There are always going to be people who are not happy with one thing or another, where it's something I say, a question I ask, maybe something the analysts say, too. (laughs) But that never happens. That never happens. Yeah, Not to you. Let me just emphasize that point. Um, but the bottom line, like feedback is, is good, you know, and if they're legitimately constructive criticism ideas, absolutely. I will love to listen and see what people want. And again, we're just happy that, that people watch and, and not so much for me or the station, but just to get the information out there. You brought up the 2022 election and obviously it went pretty heavily democratic. Um, and that's been several cycles now in Colorado. So we kind of moved statewide from a purple state to a more of a blue state. I guess, do you have, you know, does that change your coverage at all, knowing that like, hey, it's not exactly down the middle right now um, or any theories on on what's going on and why that ended up shifting that way? But does that impact how you cover stuff, given the fact of of what voters have decided over the last few cycles? It really doesn't. Um, it, there's certainly more Democrats at the state house now and more Democrats in Congress uh, from Colorado and at the leadership positions at the Capitol. But in terms of who we bring on and the topics, again, it's called Colorado point of view. Um, it's kind of a cliche at this point, but we do want to hear a, a Colorado point of view. And that that doesn't just include people who live in Denver or in Dugco, but people who live in Weld County and, you know, La Plata County and rural areas and um, El Paso County as well. So, you know, in terms of who we bring on and how we cover things, no, we still try to balance it, still try to have voices from both sides of the aisle and from both perspectives of the parties. Because I think you can see it now in both the Democratic and Republican Party. There's a far left, a progressive wing for Democrats. And then there are those uh, more in the middle. And the same with Republicans on the right, those who are far right and those who are much more 
moderate. And it's just about getting those voices out. And it doesn't matter if there's one of them or, you know, a hundred of them at the Capitol. There's still a lot of people in the state who have either one of those voices. And I think it's really important to understand that and respect that. A uh, Richard Holtorp uh, at the Capitol, we always talk about whenever we chat about this rural urban divide mm -hmm. that sometimes, you know, he admittingly doesn't always understand stuff that goes on in the city. And at the same time, people in the city probably don't understand what his livelihood is like out there on his ranch. And so it's about trying to find that common ground and at least understanding each other. Yeah. So the last question I have for you, you brought up, you know, the presidential cycle kind of never stops in 2024. Yeah. That's going to be the big, uh, you know, race nationwide, but in Colorado, too, given the fact that we don't have the governor up or, or a senator up. And so I guess what do you think uh, covering the 2024 election will be like as you've already started doing it? I think it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. It'll be very long. We're already starting. You already have two candidates, I believe, who are officially in it, maybe three, um, and there could be many more, and then obviously a lot, uh, especially Republicans who are considering it. Um, so it's going to be a very long campaign. Here in Colorado, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, President Trump last time did come here. I remember he was here right um, right before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. That would have been during the um, during the cycle. Yeah, I'm trying to I lose track of time. 2019, I think. Yeah, so that would have been in the run-up to 2020. Yep. Um, I hope the state gets some attention. Um, it's hard to say. I think that most likely this state will probably vote for the Democrat, just looking at how the last few elections have gone. But again, that certainly won't sway our coverage. And I think the more candidates we can get to come here, um, the, the better it'll be for everybody. Yeah, I think that definitely. And we will have some congressional races that end up pretty close. I think, uh, you know, this last cycle, you don't say the, the third and the eighth were, were extremely close and we were covering that most of the night and in the next few days. So maybe yeah. we'll have something similar uh, come come 24. But uh, I, I really appreciate you joining us today. You can come back anytime. I want to encourage our listeners uh, to watch Point of View. Uh, it's a good show. Matt does a good job. So I appreciate you taking the time, uh, you know, before you go anchor, I'm sure, uh, to, to share your thoughts with us. Oh, Michael does an even better job. Thank you. You're very kind. And please have me back anytime. I love doing it and uh, appreciate the opportunity, Michael. All right. Thanks, Matt. So this has been another episode of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancedcolorado.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.